Morning. Great to see everyone. And um, I'd like you to, if you have a Bible, you could take it out. If you could turn in your Bible to Ephesians chapter 4. This is where Rookie was last week. And uh, we're actually going to be um, just a little bit on from there. So if you could go to verse 11, please, of chapter 4 in uh, Ephesians. And he gave some as apostles, and some as prophets, and some as evangelists, and some as pastors and teachers, for the equipping of the saints, for the work of service, to the building up of the body of Christ, until we all attain to the unity of the faith, and of the knowledge of the Son of God, to a mature man, to the measure of the stature which belongs to the fullness of Christ. like to hold it there, keep it there, have us spend a minute or two just having a look at those words, please. Just see what God's saying to you as you look at those words. Just spend a minute or two reflecting on those words. Some of you will never have heard those words before. Many of you will have heard them many times before. Whatever stage of having heard those words before, we believe, as God's people, that we can hear something fresh, we call it sometimes fresh bread, every time we come to it. Every time we come to God's word, we can expect God to speak to us through this amazing word of his. We'll return to the detail of that word in a little while. I want us to remind everybody, I suspect probably yesterday, some of you were caught by your attention by the anniversary, the 50th anniversary of the Apollo landing. A man stepped on the moon 50 years ago, apparently. Wasn't that a reflection of a spotlight in the corner? You know, was a wind blowing the flag a bit? Whatever you believe about that, one of the things that strikes me about that is seeing those guys on the moon in their spacesuits and how they are cocooned in those spacesuits. And if they were not in those spacesuits, they would die. They are constrained. And you notice something about them. They can't do the kinds of things that we would normally expect to be able to do. They, can't, they couldn't play Rokmaninov's second piano concerto, Hillary, could they? Um, they couldn't do um, amazing crochet that my wife does. They couldn't do those things because they are encumbered by this suit that they are in. I was thinking about that, as I was thinking about today, and realising, of course, that's a bit like we are. We are in a suit. And it encumbers us, and it, it restrains what we can be and who we really are. There's a famous phrase that is used about um, people, human beings, which says, we are not human beings having a spiritual experience. We are spiritual beings having a human experience. So I'll let that sink for a minute. Let me just say it again. We are not spiritual 
We are not human beings <laughs> having a spiritual experience. Not Sunday morning. It's not just Sunday morning. It's not just, oh, I better have a prayer. I better, oh. Well, that's not us. We are spiritual beings in a human experience. What does that tell you about the nature of that experience? Well, it's a fragment. Our human experience is a fragment. It's a tiny moment in eternity. Just think of that for a minute. A tiny moment in eternity is your existence here. And you will endure forever. In the beginning, the second sentence of the Bible... After it says in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth and the earth was that without form and void. It talks about the spirit brooding on the face of the waters. The spirit was there then. The spirit is there now. And I want to talk a little bit this morning about our relationship with the Holy Spirit and our, the fact that our spirit is in community with God's Spirit. Now, I've already stated, and I believe, and Christians believe, that we are spiritual beings. One of the challenges that um, several people have struggled with over the years is understanding that and how, how that can possibly be. And do you know what? One of the brightest men in uh, Jewish tradition, in, uh, a teacher of the law, a genius of his day, a, uh, looked up to and um, men looked to him for wisdom and aspiration. And his name was Nicodemus. And he'd come across this Jesus guy. And so Nicodemus came to Jesus in the middle of the night. And Jesus talked to him about the Spirit. And Nicodemus didn't get it. He didn't understand this idea of how we could be a spiritual being. Jesus described it as being born again. How can a man be born again? Nicodemus asked. And Jesus used these words. Flesh gives birth to flesh. Spirit gives birth to spirit. We have to be reborn in our spiritual man. Something changes wonderfully, miraculously because of what Jesus did for us on the cross. Something changed. We have the ability to be connected by the Holy Spirit to the Lord God himself. We become children of God. Our identity, as at the beginning of the Lord's Prayer says, Our Father. Isn't that just a great phrase? Just sink in that for a minute. Our Father. Why? Because that means you are who? I am his child. I'm a child of God. Yes, I am. Jesus met uh, a woman further on, um, in, not far on in, the, in the John's Gospel, in the Bible. It, he met a woman at a well. 
and they had a conversation and she was struggling with this same kind of idea about law and how we should do things. Surely we should do things, you know, there's a right way of doing things and a wrong way of doing things and I need to do these rituals and those things. I've got to do the washing up and then I've got to hang the clothes up and, you know, doing stuff. And Jesus broke in and changed it all and he said, no, it's not about all those rituals that you're supposed to do in law. He said, those who worship me must worship in spirit. In spirit and in truth. Hang on a minute. There seems to be a bit of a theme here. The spirit. Last week, Rick talked about the unity of the spirit in the bond of peace. Fantastic line in the beginning of Ephesians 4. And he talked about that unity, that sense of harmony, not discord. He, and, and I was thinking about that and realising, of course, in the bond of peace. And the word peace is another word for wholeness. So out of wholeness, personal wholeness, personal togetherness, well-being, completeness, we then can have corporate unity, togetherness, wholeness. That unity that he was talking about. The Holy Spirit. We're a church that is committed to, lives our life by, and is seeking to manifest the fruit of the Holy Spirit, the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Because those people who are born again of the Spirit, what begins to happen is that they begin to demonstrate and manifest. Things start to happen. Let me promise you, anything you see of patience in Timothy Blake is entirely of the Spirit of God. Quite a lot of what you see of any self-control in Timothy Blake would definitely be of the Spirit of God. Because yes, I have a personality and a personality type. Sometimes we would have personality traits which might, you know, you can rumble along in life, can't you? But I know the kind of man I would have been without the love of God, without the demonstration of the power of the Holy Spirit in my life. And you wouldn't want to see that guy. Many of us here know what we would have been if it wasn't for the love of God and the power of the Holy Spirit in our lives. And I am so grateful. So grateful. So I want to bring you to the fact that um, we have this spirit at work in us and it brings out from us fruit. But we also see um, in other parts of of the New Testament um, it talking about something else that the Holy Spirit does. the, The gifts of the Holy Spirit. And sometimes I think some of us are a little bit not sure about I just want to bring us back to that, please. Uh, I, I want to, st- I mean, we would affirm as a leadership that this church is committed 
to people moving and operating in the gifts of the Holy Spirit. We long to see gifts operating in our lives. And it isn't just on a Sunday morning in this time. It's in every part of our life. It's, it's our life experience. We should be seeing it in every part. And I, I own the fact that I long for that more in my own life. I'm not sitting, standing up here as if I have some kind of right to say, you know what, you should all be doing that. No, no. I challenge you. I look around this room and I have seen men and women in this room operate in what we call the spiritual gifts. Reaching out to pray for healing. That's a spiritual gift. Speaking in tongues is a spiritual gift. Bringing a word of prophecy. Bringing a word of knowledge. And others that you can find explained in the New Testament. It's not weird. It's us out of the spacesuit. Yes? It's us out of the constraint. It's us in the Spirit, of the Spirit, through the Spirit. The Spirit is moving among us always, in every situation. Be honest, I think half the time we, we kind of get this thing, well, it must come in some, there must be a, a kind of a button I press that I, I then sort of step from the, okay, and now, now not, I'm, in, I'm in the spirit now. It isn't like that. It, it isn't like that. We need, we need to be listening all the time and being prepared to say, okay, I think that might be, that's a bit. That's a bit different. That, is God saying something in that? Okay, just in case some of you might be thinking, this guy's weird and, and, and I don't know what he's talking I'm just going to say, how many people in this room have ever had the Spirit of God prompt them, move them in that kind of way? If you'd like to be honest and open, I'd love to see lots of hands at this point, by the way. Okay, so if you've never known that, I'm not asking you to put your hands up. I'm just asking you to have observed what you saw then. It's our natural environment. It's where God intended us to be, to live and to move and to have our being. It's how the kingdom is built. As we grow in this, the fruit develop, and out of that we shine. What's that phrase in 2 Corinthians? We become the aroma of Christ. And it flows out of us, and it, 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 in that setting, how attractive is that? And when we're not, we know it. Guys, we know it. And so I'd encourage you, go back today, have a time with God at some point and say, look, Father, I'm going to be honest with you, I'm, I'm not sure I've been operating as much in the Spirit as I should be. I pray, Lord, that as I, I, operate, as, as I go to the bring and share lunch, that you would speak to me and that you would reveal things to me. 
I don't know how to deal with this situation at work. Would you speak to me? I don't know. I, I, I don't know how to handle this situation, this relationship. Lord, would you change it? Move supernaturally. By your spirit in that situation. Is that making sense? All that? Okay, yes. yeah. Just, you know, it can be very quiet sometimes. And, you know, he said it as well. You know, we need to... Kind of, Learner plates, all of us. Learner plates in the spirit, aren't we? Yeah? All of us have got learner plates. And that's okay. We make mistakes. And we love each other enough to say, I'm not sure that was right. Or maybe that was... It's, it's about being prepared to, to, to get up and try again. And, and to own the fact that we are spiritual beings. The wonderful, wonderful thing is you didn't leave it there. You know, I constantly get surprised by the amount that, that, that Jesus has done. We've already been awed this morning by the truth of the sacrifice that he was for us. I've said before on some occasions, it, it, you know, it could have been a duty thing. He could have chosen to do it via law. He could have said, I want it back how it should be, so I am going to go and do this, that and the other. And have nothing in terms of relation, personal relationship with us whatsoever. There are all sorts of different ways in which he could have done it. But you know what? He chose to be your friend. He chose to be your brother. He chose to be resident in you, dwelling within you, loving you, caring for you. He chose to love you enough to die for you. And there's more. (laughs) Because he has plan and he has purpose. And at the beginning of the passage in Ephesians 4, right back at the beginning, it talks about how he wants us to, there to be the unity of the um, body, and uh, whatever it says, unity of Christ in the bond of peace. And he's putting that, and this is the thing I wanted to, to mention about this, that the beginning of Ephesians talks about these wonderful truths about who we are. Amazing things. Blessed be God the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. We are so blessed. And the first three chapters of, of, of Paul's letter to the Ephesians, do have another read if you haven't, are just full of rich expressions of who we are and Paul's understanding. And he, he prays for them and he says, you be, might be full to the measure of all the fullness of God. He, he just, he's just overwhelmed with what God has done. And then he gets to, the, and sometimes people call this part of the Ephesians, this first bit. It's, it's in sitting, sitting in, who, in, in the position of who we are. But then he's, okay, he's saying, right, have you enjoyed that? Everybody enjoyed knowing who we are? Wonderfully, wonderfully made. God's workmanship created in Christ Jesus to do good works that he prepared in advance for us to do. Yeah. Wonderful. Okay, and then we get to Ephesians chapter 4 and he says, right now, okay guys, on your feet, let's walk together now. This is how you should walk. This is the manner in which we should operate. We should walk in a manner worthy of that. We, we, we want to see the unity of the, 
of the Spirit and the bond of peace. Let's get going now, guys. What do we do? Well, we walk in the Spirit. That's what we do. We're equipped with the fruit of the Holy Spirit and we start to operate. We start to move. And he, he, he gets to this point in, in Ephesians chapter 4 when he says, and do you know what? I'm going to help you even more because I'm going to give you five wonderful gifts to help the church of Jesus Christ. And in there we read, if you want to go back there if you're not there, about how there are apostles and prophets, evangelists and pastors and teachers. Those five gifts given to the church. Now, this is like the crowning, these are the crowning gifts of Christ to the church by the Holy Spirit. Because what this does is they, these, these gifts are given to individuals to provide direction and to build the community of God's people up for works of service that we all might attain the stature that Jesus wants us to. So we have the Apostle. Let's talk a moment about Apostle. I'm just conscious I need to stop in a minute. But an Apostle is, is somebody who is a messenger. That's the literal translation of the word Apostle. It's somebody who plants churches, who goes and he sets things in motion. He, he, he makes, thing, makes new churches and, and, and that's his role and supports and sustains works um, around the place. And that's how it happened with Paul and that's how it happens. Now there's a bit of a debate in the Christian church which we here don't ascribe to. But that for some unknown reason, Jesus decided that when we got somewhere around about, I don't know, 80 or 90 AD, he wasn't going to have any more apostles. Was that because we don't need them anymore? No. Of course we need them. Of course we do. And the church has kind of gone on a bit of a journey with that. But there's a whole vast part of the church which still believes in apostolic leadership. And we do. And we have an apostolic team and we're blessed by the oversight of an apostolic leader out in Scotland. And he's not a lone canon, you know, he doesn't wander around doing what he wants. He is accountable himself to other brothers and sisters who share with him and talk to him and so on. So you have an apostolic figure. And there are other apostolic figures around the world. Sometimes they don't even call themselves that, but that's what they are. Apostles. There are prophets. Okay, so that's the apostles. Prophets. A prophet, I love this word, seer. Why do I like that word? Because I know it's got a bit of a funny connotation, but if you take the word seer, somebody who sees, and then communicates what they see, they are a seer. They're a seer of the spiritual world. They see, God reveals, and then that's brought. Now, you know what I don't like about prophecy sometimes? is enigmatic prophecy. What do I mean by that? I mean prophecy that you go, what the heck did that mean? You know, it, it's kind of, there will be a time and the things that will come will be the things that will come in the times that pass. And, and, you, and you kind of sit there and you think, thank you for that. <laughs> 
you know, the spiritual world isn't meant to be kind of airy-fairy, is it? We've got a job to do. We don't need people going, dooby-dooby-dooby-dooby. We need, come on. But if somebody who's a prophet says to me, God has blessed you and is blessing you and will bless you, that's a huge encouragement to me, okay? And, and there, are, there are other prophecies that have come in my life which have, have been fantastic. I'm going to share one with you. And um, it was from a prophet, somebody who I recognise as a prophet in our own church community. He's not here today. Um, and that's David Donoghue. And I'm going to tell you about a prophecy he spoke over my life. Um, about, I don't know how long ago it was, but it doesn't matter. I was a teacher and I was desperate for, um, you know, things to get better. I wanted to advance and, and, and David came up to me at, at the end of a time of prayer and he, he said, I feel God is saying that you are going to have a new role. You are going to be in a position of authority. You are going to. Now, of course, the temptation is to respond in a, oh, that would be nice, nice bigging me up kind of prophecy, but it wasn't actually, it was quite humbling for me and I, I wasn't kind of ready for it really. But the other thing about it was that you then immediately, all of us will do that thing of trying to make sense of it because I thought that that meant I was going to be a deputy head because I was a teacher. I was going to deputy head or a head teacher, you know. And you know what happened? Chris Williams left the church here as the, the previous leader the following month or so. It can't have been more than three months. It was certainly in a very short space of time. And I was asked to lead the church. Prophecy. And direct and powerful. And we need it in the life of the church. What am I, trying, what am I saying? Stir it up. Stir up the gift of prophecy. Stir it up. Paul writes to his friend Timothy. Stir up the gifts within you. Stir it up. Evangelist is the third one. Wow, what a gift into the life of the church. Those are the people that have been gifted with evangelism as evangelists. People who go out. What's an evangelist? Someone who shares the good news. We're all actually called to do that. We are all called to. It doesn't get you off the hook. You know, okay, we have an evangelist in our church, so I don't have to do it anymore. That's not the story. We're all called to be evangelists. But there is a gift of evangelism that some people have, which means it just stretches above and beyond and, and has a, an impact. And then there's the pastor, teacher, pastors and teachers role as a gift people who are sh the word pastor in the in the greek comes from the word shepherd somebody who cares for who who looks after who comes alongside people and um, then there's also the the idea of a teacher somebody who brings instruction and you can see you put those five together and you have a rounded way of building a church community. Yeah? 
I want to finish by drawing attention to this. This is a, a book that has just come out. It's um, written by Alan Scotland, the guy who's the apostolic lead for our network of churches, the LifeLink Network. It's called Holy Spirit Dependency, and I want to recommend it to you. I don't get a commission, and in fact what I'm going to say is, I don't want anybody to buy it. Nobody in this church is going to buy one of these, you're going to get given it. Okay, if you'd like a copy, you will have a copy. In fact, we'll have copies available for you. It's superb. It's, it's Alan at his very best, okay? And those who've known Alan for a long time will know what I mean by that. Start, he begins by talking about the background of why we have the Holy Spirit. What's it for? This idea of needing the Holy Spirit at work. Of our, at work. And he goes through, particularly talks about our dependency, how that then brings boldness. And it brings a transformation of our mind. How it, it changes us so that we um, have a greater sense of purpose as well. And also was the last one wasn't there oh yeah fabulous I just thought wow that's great he talks about surrender how the spirit at work within us brings surrender we as as the spirit moves in us we go yes Lord and I guess I want to end on yes Lord because I want to ask us all I'm going to pray and some of you will know what I mean when I talk about being baptised in the Spirit. When we're baptised in water, we're immersed and come out again. And we're in... It's a, a picture of what's happened spiritually. But when we're baptised in the Spirit, you don't come up. <laughs> It's baptised in the Spirit. And so what happens is you are immersed and you're then in the element to which you were born to be. And you walk there. You're the astronaut without the suit on. And I want to... If, if, if your heart is to know that kind of experience more, then I'm going to encourage you to seek one of the leadership team out afterwards and ask for prayer for that but I want to pray first for each one of us for the surrender to his Holy Spirit that we would walk in our element Lord I choose to say right now that I need you Spirit of God I need you and I choose now now to surrender to your will and purpose in my life I know that you have spoken to me and to many of us in days, years, months past and you long that we have that intimate experience with you every day every hour and so we, we, we stir it up in ourselves we ask you, blow, Spirit of God, on the flame. Just like this fan is here, blowing across us. We pray, Lord, that you would blow, just as Jesus did in the upper room, uh, when he blew on the disciples. The Spirit blows where it wills. May it refresh 
and renew and restore and change and heal. Jesus, we thank you for the gifts of the Holy Spirit that you've poured upon us. Come. Come. Amen. Come. Lord Jesus. Fill me anew. Fill me anew. Spirit of the Lord. Fall afresh on me. Fill me anew. Spirit of the Lord, fall afresh on me. This is the normal point when we say, okay, we've done that bit now, we're going to go and have a cup of coffee. But there may be, you may, you may need, he may tell you, sit still and listen if and this, hey there's no judging I'm going to go and have a cup of coffee but if, if you feel God is saying just could you sit with this a minute don't do that don't, don't, let's not do the thing we do always ask somebody to pray with you maybe that might be the thing okay fill us anew amen